Hi everybody, you're listening to The Woke Podcast with Fox and Maya. Thanks for supporting the show. This is a show with adult content, so if you're not of legal age where you live, then turn off now. This podcast is about rope bondage. Rope bondage is edge play with inherent risk. We strongly recommend you get proper training and listen to our episode zero on safety and consent in rope before attempting it. Find it at the top of our FetLife page, Rope Podcast. Fox is a rigger and Maya is a bottom. We are long-term rope partners who live in Bangkok, Thailand. We love to share our passion for rope with the wider community. Today's episode is sponsored by you, our lovely listeners. Thank you so much for our patrons who make this podcast possible by supporting some of the costs. If you'd like to help us make more Rope Podcast episodes, please go to ropepodcast.com and visit our Patreon. Today, Maya, we're going to be talking about a question we get really often, and it's kind of surprising we made it to more than 100 episodes before ever covering it before, honestly, uh, which is what kind of rope should one tie with? Yeah, because how to choose that seems to be something that perplexes new people. Yeah, and I I get it. You're getting into rope bondage for the first time. You're going to need some rope. Where are you going to get it? And what kind are you going to buy? Yeah, and often people end up with just whatever rope the people around them are tying with and don't even realize there's more than one type. There's many choices, many options. It's true that certain local communities tend to have a more common type of rope that everyone uses, probably because they just picked up whatever type the person who taught them or the first person they saw tying was using. Or the studio that they tie at sells rope. Okay, sometimes <laughs> in the bigger in the bigger places that can definitely uh, be a thing. So the funny thing about this question is if you just ask that question, what rope should I buy? You might not get the best answer. Okay, and why is that? Well, the answer to this type of question is often it depends. It's a bit like uh, asking someone what car you should buy. Oh, yeah. If uh, if I tell you, oh, you should buy that new Lamborghini, it's amazing, but I don't know that you actually have a family of seven and you're buying on a rather tight budget, might not be the best advice ever and vice versa. Okay, so first of all, before you can get the right answer, you need to think about who you are and the kind of work that you need and want to engage in. Absolutely. And to be honest, that's likely to change throughout your rope journey if you do rope for any amount of time. So be prepared psychologically to the fact that the first set of rope you buy probably won't be your last and for us it really wasn't we have bought so much rope over the years yeah and there's there's different properties for different rope right yeah okay so there will be different pros and cons and we're gonna try to talk through all of that and analyze one by one give some um starters some directions of how one can uh, go about choosing their first or second or tenth (laughs) kit of rope Yeah, and one thing that we're going to touch on a few times, and pun intended, is that you uh, need to feel the rope, either if you're a bottom, have it on you, if you're a top, to tie with it before buying when it's possible. It's not always going to be possible because you don't always have a brick and mortar store or a location that sells rope locally, and sometimes you're going to have to buy it over the internet. But it's true that if you have met someone who uses this rope from this vendor or from this brand or at least this type of fiber before, uh, you will be much more reassured in making your buying per your buying decision. Uh, or at the very least, you might want 
to do a smaller order first, get just a few bundles, tie with them a bit, see if you like it, and then make a bigger order. Yeah. On the flip side of this, uh, I have sometimes been frustrated because I made the small order. I love the rope. I wanted to get more of it and there was no more available. Mm. So you have to kind of find a sweet spot where you have enough time to try it, but don't wait too long and be super disappointed because that rope you love is now out of stock forever. Yeah. yeah. And you can have more than one set of rope. Oh, I don't yeah. feel like you need to be faithful to one set um, and that's it. Definitely. And you can have sets of different colors, sets of different fibers, sets you put in different places like we have a few sets that live in the studio i have a different set in my car we have some at home we have some at home in the bedroom like definitely many opportunities some people like to have different sets for different partners as well Mm -hmm. Uh, which psychologically it can be reassuring to know you're the only person being tied in that rope um, and so on and so forth so what's going to limit how much rope that you might own or you should own First of all, my sadly, rope costs money. No. They will not give it to us for free, no oh, matter so how sad. much we ask. So sad. <laughs> uh, so your budget is going to be a factor. And if you're just beginning, I would understand if you don't want to spend a thousand dollars on your first rope kit. Yeah, depending on how big a part of your life this is going to be, if if this is something occasional for you, maybe you don't want to spend huge amounts yeah. of money on and, and to be clear, that's not a joke when I talk about a thousand dollars. If you um, include things like shipping costs, it can, it can get to that if you want a large kit of very high quality rope. But the good news is you can definitely start tying and have a lot of fun without putting in that much money. Absolutely, definitely. All right. Another question is going to be how and where are you going to store that rope? Yeah. And realistically, if you only have a small drawer in your bedroom that locks and you don't want the kids or the parents or the whatevers to find your rope, then you're going to want to think about that and design a rope kit that fits in the space you have for it. And lastly, different types of fiber require very different types of care and upkeep. They really do. So if you're the kind of person who loves spending time doing handicrafts and you want nothing more than every Friday night to singe your robe and wax your robe and oil (laughs) your robe while you watch Ozark on Netflix, then there are (laughs) fibers you're going to love. And then if you're the kind of person who never wants to do have to do any of that and you just want to throw the thing in the washing machine when it's a bit dirtier than usual and you pull it out and it's good to go in the bag and it can stay in the bag forever and it's not going to have any issue, you need a different kind. Of Absolutely. And we're going to talk a bit about that. Um, one thing I wanted to say was that this episode applies to both rope tops and bottoms. Yeah. So I think there might be a perception um, that this is more of a top episode. And of course, rope tops tend to own their own Mm -hmm. rope. However, uh, rope bottoms may absolutely want to buy rope for themselves. In fact, Maya, you are a rope bottom. I am. And you are not a rope top. You do not like tying. I do not. With a gun to your head, you would rather (laughs) not have to tie. Uh, and you do own a set. I do. A rather extensive set, in fact. I do, I do. And there's different reasons that as a bottom, you might want to own your own kit. And mine covers 
a couple of these. So one is if you have a visiting top or a top around and they don't have their own rope kit. So a top um, vagabond. Well, yeah, basically in Bangkok, um, we have a lot of travelers and some people don't bring their own rope. And so one thing I've learned is as a bottom, it can be useful to have my own kit so that if I choose, I can lend that out to someone who's tying me. Don't miss out on a great opportunity to tie <laughs> with a great rigger because today you forgot his rope and bring your own kit. I have learned that, yeah, as, um, as people came. Any other reasons why you like having your own kit? Yeah, I think a reason that's probably more common to bottoms is that they want to be tied with their own rope. And okay. there's a variety of reasons for that. Hygiene, you already mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, there might be um, particular fluids associated with your rope, even if it's just saliva, and you just might feel more comfortable. Yeah. And you're a person who is highly sensitive to smell. Oh, I so am. And so if rope has been used on, let's say, someone who was wearing a lot of perfume, you can easily <laughs> tell. <laughs> I really can. Your rope gets sun a lot because of that. Um, yeah, and so I don't, there's perfume smells I don't want on my own rope, especially if we're using it for my mouth. So hmm. if we are doing certain kinds of play with our set with each other, and also if I'm doing that with a visiting person, then I would use my own rope. That makes sense. There's also um, other reasons people might use. So one is allergies. Yeah. So we're going to talk about different types of fiber later on, but some people are more sensitive to some fibers. Mm-hmm. Um, and also comfort. Um, if you're someone who prefers a softer rope, um, then you might want to use that rather than um, a more scratchy rope. Or vice versa. Yeah. Yeah, okay, very true, very true. Okay, have you experienced any downsides to bringing your own rope as the bottom? Yeah, so one thing to look out for as a bottom is has the rigger tied with this type of rope before? Okay. Um, So we had um, someone visit who used my hemp and he had tied with jute before and he found the hemp much heavier. Yeah, So it it was harder uh, for him, I think, because he and he fell a bit slower because um, it, it felt very heavy compared to his normal route, normal um, rope that he uses. So mm. you might want to ask them for both safety if you're tying with a more slippery rope and they're used to a more sticky rope mm-hmm. um, where the knots might uh, fall out of your rope compared to the more sticky rope. Have they used that rope before? How comfortable do they feel? Do they want to just get a feel for it? you know, on your leg before a scene, Mm -hmm. something like that. Or if you're wired as a bottom, you might want to own more than one type of rope. Um, We own so much rope between us that I can't bring myself to buy more. Yeah, we Um, we own uh, three figures number of coils of rope at this point. Oh, yeah. Easily. Many. Okay, so so I just wanted to make that note because I think people will see this as a bit more of Mm -hmm. um, a top episode, whereas I, as a bottom, don't see it like that. Yeah, and if you're a rigger and the bottom offers that you tie them with their own rope, don't discard the opportunity because you're getting a chance to expand your skill set. And also, honestly, you're kind of getting a free test drive for a new type of rope and you might find that you love it. Let's dive in into the details now, Maya. What about how rope or different types of rope, different types of fiber look? Is that a factor? Um, this is probably most relevant for people who are doing some kind of visual art. So photography in particular. 
Okay. Um, or videos or live performances, things like that. Yeah. And we also have a friend who loves to draw people in rope. So she holds an art night with rope and she's usually drawing in person. Um, she does sketches and then maybe she'll work that into a picture later on. Mm-hmm. And so I asked her what she likes and she said she really finds a rope that emphasizes light and shadow most helpful. Okay. And for that, she says natural and undyed rope works the best. Okay. Um, so ropes like um, a black or a purple are harder for her to distinguish the... Because mm. um, the, the shadows weave. get lost. Exactly. Um, and, and the weave she likes twisted, not braided, um, because of the complexity to draw. Okay, that makes a lot of so sense. So that was just an interesting yeah. um, uh, point to, mm. to bring in. And whenever we talk about aesthetics, mm. which this is, it's going to be extremely subjective. And what's beautiful to one person is not the same thing as what's beautiful to another. Yeah, that is a very good point. Um, so your mileage may vary, mm-hmm. dear listener. Um, jute tends to shine. Yeah, it tends to be a preferred one for photography in particular because of the way it catches the light. Mm, it has that kind of golden look. What about mm-hmm. nylon? So nylon is kind of a love it or hate it kind of situation. It takes you away quite a lot from the pseudo-traditional Japanese mindset. So if you're a Japanophile or if you're Japanese yourself and to you having that aesthetic that refers to that large body of shibari work is an important thing. You're not going to like nylon probably. Um, If you do rope for other reasons than that, uh, some people really, really like how nylon has a super vibrant color. And when we play with photography in our studio, I'm always amazed by what you can do by reflecting colored lights onto nylon and so on. It, it has a really interesting look, but it's really different from an old Japanese magazine look. So you have to uh, be a bit less... Um, preoccupied by reproducing that kind of look if you're going to be someone who enjoys nylon. And you can get a lot of photos these days on Instagram and FetLife of very high-level photographers photographing both of those types of rope. Mm-hmm. So that can give you a good idea of the kind of result you can hope to achieve with uh, this type of fibers. But hemp and cotton, not so good typically. Why is that? Sadly, hemp and cotton, and I say sadly because I love tying with hemp. It's my personal favorite. Uh, They look a bit bland and sad because they're very matte and Mm. they don't really reflect the light or catch the light in any interesting way. So if you're really going into rope in order to be a photographer... A videographer, a performer, probably is not going to be your first choice. Mm. That said, we do a lot of photography with natural hemp. <laughs> uh, we do. Uh, and we and don't hate it. We don't hate it, but honestly, our photos would probably be more popular if we were using jute, but it's just a question of priorities. And uh, we do enjoy photography, but it's not our main reason or core reason for doing rope. In fact, that takes us on to our next area, which is right. how does rope feel? Hey guys, this is Fox coming in for a short break. Listeners like you make this podcast possible. We want to continue making this podcast for you for a long time. And to do that, we need your support. Please go to ropepodcast.com to buy rope video lessons from experts so we get a small commission on your purchase at no extra cost to you. In addition, 
A really great way to help us is donating on Patreon. A one-time amount or a monthly pledge that can be as little as the cost of your morning coffee makes a big difference to us. And you will gain cool perks like behind-the-scenes photos and the ability to vote on future podcast topics. Go support us on ropepodcast.com because you love rope too. Okay, so I'm going to defer to you as the reference bottom here. Okay. And uh, how do you feel the different types of fiber feel on your body, Maya? Um, so this, again, is pretty subjective. Um, mm -hmm. And I think this is a real reason why you want to touch it, uh, either as the rigger in your hands, um, or rope does touch other parts of your body when you're a rigger, right? It does. And in fact, when, like me, you're allergic to jute, it can be kind of a big deal. Like, if I don't want to end up with like massive bright red zebra stripes all over my chest, I probably shouldn't be tying with jute too much. Yeah, and that is a really good point. So the natural grasses, essentially, the natural mm -hmm. ropes, um, some people are going to be allergic to. Yeah, either either the, the grass itself, as you say, or the products that are employed in the manufacture of the rope for jute. A lot of the jute you can find is made using a chemical called uh, JBO, jute batching oil, uh, which is a known carcinogenic. So if you're worried about health, not the best. Uh, and you can try to remove most of the JBO from your jute rope with certain post-treatment processes, but you never really know how much you got out. Uh, or you can try to find jute rope that is made without the JBO, but it's kind of rare and hard to find. Okay, so jute is going to be then the most scratchy. Well, coconut actually. Coconut is, is, the most is uh, known to be the but most less scratchy. less common. Um, yeah, it's more uh, a rope you use as an extra in a tie-down with something else to add some scratchiness. Or for a specific scene, like a floor tie. I don't know anyone who suspends using coconut only. Uh, it's rarely a person's only or main rope. It's usually like an accessory you throw in from time to time. Yeah. And there's also a point here uh, which relates to what you're saying about the JBO oil. Some mm -hmm. jute for me uh, brings me out in... Uh, I have sensitive skin generally and some yeah. jute I find really unpleasant and some I actually find lovely. Yeah. So it really depends on how you've treated it, how it's been treated, mm -hmm. the oils that you've used. Um, and we know that... Um, the natural oils in skin. So if you tie it a lot on bare skin, yes. whatever rope you use, um, that's a natural rope, it's going to get softer and more conditioned over time. Yeah, the human oil treatment. Indeed. Sounds kind of uh, gross when you say it like that, but <laughs> let's say skin oil. Not to me, not to me. It doesn't sound gross at all. It's actually kind of romantic, but I guess your mileage may vary on that. <laughs> okay. uh, another point with jute is it tends to send a lot of particles into the air. Oh, so many. But uh, then so does hemp. Especially if it's newer. I feel the jute from my personal experience does it more and so if you have someone who is asthmatic for instance uh -huh. or has uh, respiratory issues in general you might want to be careful of that and i also wanted to know um that scratchiness can translate into blisters so yeah. the rougher the fiber the more likely you are to have blisters mm -hmm. um if you're in a hot country which we Actually are so are um then or humid is probably because 
if you're kind of damp, yeah. then the um, more scratchy rope can rub and cause blisters. Um, or if you're doing a lot of transitions and movement in the rope and pulling it a lot and the rope even moves a little bit each time and we tie tight, so mm -hmm. you would think it wouldn't, but, uh, yeah. So you might well get, um, blisters. And also if you are tying with a new rope. So when our oh, rope yes. comes, that's the hemp and dyed hemp. Mm -hmm. Often when it comes initially, it before that, um, skin oil. Uh, goes on to it, it can be very scratchy. Yeah, um, surprisingly, we noticed that the dyed hemp is a lot scratchier than the natural color hemp, mm. as if the dye on the surface of the rope was quite abrasive. Yeah, yeah, and we've had that um, on all of the dyed hemp mm -hmm. that we've had. Uh, I also wanted to note that while um, nylon rarely leaves blisters, it has a different challenge, yeah. which is that if you pull it across the skin quickly or even not that quickly in my experience uh you can get a rope burn yeah it generates a lot of friction heat and yeah if you pull it through very fast you can create burns that can stay for weeks easily yeah. that being said most bottoms tend to report that it's softer and easier to be in of all the types of rope if you pull it through slowly apart from cotton okay cotton also very soft yeah, cotton point. very soft. But yeah, those pull throughs can um give you quite a bad okay. yeah, quite a bad rope burn. And hemp and jute can give you rope burns, but you have to pull them too quicker. Yeah, you really have to uh, with the hemp we use, the natural hemp, you really have to want to do a rope burn to generate Which one sometimes you time. do. Which sometimes you definitely <laughs> do. Um and the other piece around this, uh around the feel, um, mm -hmm. is the heaviness. And we've touched on this a little bit already. Hemp feels heavier on the body and while you're manipulating, yes. it's very solid. And of course, the size, we haven't really talked about size mm -hmm, of The diameter. Um, yeah, thank you. So that obviously contributes to that. Mm -hmm. um, but jute is much lighter, yeah. feels thinner, feels less. If you care about being fast when you tie, um, because you like fast or because you want to be, say, a scene performer, Mm. where usually it's a good idea to be fast, then jute is going to be your friend because it's so light, it can be really manipulated easily. You would find hemp a lot more sluggish because it's up to three times heavier and so you're going to need to exert more mechanical force to control the same amount of rope. Yeah, whereas if you're a bottom and you like the feel of a lot of rope on you, hemp mm. can feel really nice because yeah. it's very solid. and It really sits on you and yeah. anchors you down. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. So the next criteria that we had was um, how much work is this rope, the, f the rope fibers that you choose going to mm -hmm. be? So one option which uh, I went with myself is uh, to get a slave and have your slave <laughs> do all your rope care for you. And it works great. I highly recommend it. Yeah. Just uh, put some spaghetti in her a few times a week. And <laughs> I do she like takes, spaghetti. She takes care of all your rope. It's brilliant. Um, so for those people who are doing the rope care, whether you're the top or the bottom, uh, you can expect jute to require a lot of treatment um, and also need to be changed often. So that's yeah. obviously a cost. Yeah. We're not so much talking about cost of rope today, um, but that is something to factor in. If you do a lot of suspension, if you do a lot of rough or very dynamic scenes, you're going to eat through your jute pretty fast and you might have to change it as often as every six months mm. um and 
The other kind of treatments that it requires, we talked about oil. You can actually put oil on. You can treat it with wax. There's lots of different treatments you can you use. You can geek out until the cows go home about what you do with your rope, and you put special fragrance in it. And, and singeing it as well is something. So that's burning off those extra fibers that cause their scratchiness. If you're a person who enjoys rituals, you can have a whole little ritual around your jute care. Yeah. Cotton um, might be damaged over time depending on use. Um, And it's generally not recommended for suspension anyway. No. And why is that? It's just not that solid of a fiber. Like the, the main thing we look at when choosing a rope for suspension is its tensile strength. So how much pull you need to exert on it to break it. Uh, and you don't want your rope to fail during a suspension. You do not. Uh, usually that would result in the person Bad falling things. down. Bad things, yeah. Uh, and you having egg on your face at the party at the very least. At the least. Uh, and so for suspension, we're going to try to use fibers that are reputed to be stronger. You can never really know the tensile strength of any natural fiber because depending on how it's been manufactured, depending on what the weather was, the year that plant grew in that particular Mm. uh, part of the world, which is very likely to be somewhere in in India, given that's where like probably 90% of the rope in the world comes from. I didn't know that. Uh, There's also some that's made directly from Japan and some other places in the world, but my understanding is uh, a large part uh, comes from the Indian subcontinent. So that might include places like uh, Pakistan and Bangladesh and so on, but that, that general area of Asia, at least. Uh, so anyway, you can't really know, but by a rule of thumb, uh, cotton is reputed to be quite weak at the same diameters. Jute is a bit better, but still honestly a bit Jute iffy. is stronger than cotton. I believe so, but um, I still wouldn't trust it as my main uplines, uh, depending on the diameter and so on. Some people do use jute for everything, and I'm not saying they're wrong, uh, but they're taking more of a risk than I would be willing to take. Uh, some people mitigate that by having jute rope on the body and then a different type of rope for the uplines, possibly uh, synthetic like a hempex. Uh, then you have hemp, which is also natural, but is known to be quite a bit stronger than jute because it's denser and heavier. There's more fibers inside the rope itself. We've never managed to break a piece of hemp, whereas I've seen um, jute break during use several times. Uh, and we've lifted very large uh, amounts of weight with it without issues. The uh, stress testing I've seen also shows that hemp is quite solid. But if you really want to be the safest person possible, if like safety is really paramount to you and you know you're going to be doing very dynamic things and swing people around and hang three different people from the same main line or, or what else, I don't know, you're going to want to go with the synthetics. And ropes like nylon, if they are from a reputable manufacturer, have crazy tensile strength. You can literally suspend tons from some of them. So do your research, and usually they can be rated uh, because they are man-made in that way. They are completely synthesized. Uh, So that's the type of rope you would see used for applications such as sailing or mountaineering. And you can see that in this type of applications, those fibers take giant loads that can be dynamic and so on. So uh, make sure to do your research. That being said, don't use mount climbing rope as your bondage rope because they are not the same thing okay and some people do use climbing rope for their um 
bondage rope, or at least they think they can. So why is that less of a good idea? The main issue, I would say, is a lot of climbing ropes tend to be what is called dynamic rope, which means when you pull on it, it's going to extend like an elastic band to some degree. And that's something that's desirable in climbing because if that rope is going to catch you from a fall, from a drop, that elasticity is going to cushion the shock. So you don't break bones as easily, for instance. But in rope bondage, what we want is a rope that is static, that is going to stay the same length, not going to extend, so we can predict how it's going to behave. And it's not going to tighten or loosen around the body. We want, we want it to stay the way we put it, you know? In the same way, sometimes people buy rope from hardware shops, mm-hmm. um, and there can be pros and cons of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Well, if you get rope from a hardware shop, Assuming you know actually what you're buying and you have done your due diligence with regards to like possible toxic products in it and so on, you will usually get a rope that is not as pliable as a dedicated bondage rope that is made for that purpose. So having nice frictions, having nice knots is going to be a lot harder. And you are also going to have a surface finish that is a lot more unpleasant. Mm, Yeah. So I would say, for me, that tends to be rougher, more pliable is how soft and easy to tie with it is. But obviously, that has an impact on the person in the rope mm-hmm. as well. Um, and, and I would say that toxic piece is relevant because some rope in a hardware store is is made for tying cars together. Yeah, or yeah. Then it's not made to go on human skin. It you know? really was never intended to do that. So I think just bear that in mind. And if you're using it from a hardware store, which I know people do because it is also easy. Um, it's a good mm-hmm. way to get into it for bedroom bondage where it's just your ankles and your wrists. Maybe it's... Um, Raises fewer easier. questions. Yeah. Uh, but just be aware of those pros and cons. Absolutely. What about the storage and transport of the rope, Maya? Natural fibers, as we've talked about, can get moldy, if not mm-hmm. aired and sun. So um, in terms of our care of rope, one of the things we do is sun. Well, we. Uh, let's say we. Yeah, we do is sun the rope um, quite often. Because uh, if you want to see how fast mold can spread, try living in a humid Tropical country. Yeah, if you've seen Apocalypse Now, when he's like in the <laughs> cabin with the ceiling fan, that's what we live oh, pretty much every yeah, day of the year. Yeah, it's crazy. And for some people, they will um, have air conditioning on all the time and mm-hmm. they'll keep their rope in their air-conditioned bedroom. But we don't really love air conditioning for various reasons. It makes me terribly sick. Yeah, and it also doesn't help you get used to heat. You mm-hmm. have this kind of... Sh- anyway different different story so if you don't have your for the planet (laughs) if you don't have your air conditioning on you need to find ways to store your natural rope so for us first of all we try and rotate it Mm -hmm. so we try and use our rope um so that it's always out uh, at different stages it's not like we have just used the top 10 coils and then the rest of it never gets used we try and rotate the rope yeah we store the rope that we're not using uh in vacuum sealed bags Mm -hmm. right so that's the type of pla- large plastic bags that are usually used to store things like bed comforters and so on. And so you put the things in it, you zip them close, and then you use either a pump or uh, some kind of vacuum machine to vacuum the contents. And that is going to be a pretty nice way to store uh, your rope 
medium to long term without them getting damaged. And for our hemp, we transport it in a backpack coiled. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so we take it coiled. Uh, and in fact, it's coiled most of the time. Yeah, it tends um, to stay coiled. We don't, we don't tend to have a problem with that uh, for the hemp. Mm-hmm. Um, I understand uh, that if you have jute and you leave it coiled up, the bite can become weaker. Yeah, and the memory of the fiber might mean that your rope gets a bit wiggly if it stays uh, coiled all the time and you never straighten it. Yeah, yeah. So some people will hang their rope up uh, mm-hmm. at times. Uh, we transport it in a backpack, but we don't leave it in there. No, for as soon time. as we're back from the party, we empty all the rope from the bag and then we air it, we sun it to kill any uh, possible bacteria and molds and so on. And then if we're not going to be immediately reusing that particular rope kit, we put it in a vacuum bag. On the other end of the spectrum, or nylon, couldn't be easier to deal with. Like, I'd say bomb-proof, but that's maybe a bit much. But it's yeah. certainly uh, fox-proof, which is, yeah, you we've know, used the thing. It in swimming pools, with chlorine. Uh, in the sea. In the sea, in the river, in the mud, in the oh. whatever. Uh, and then it goes in the washing machine. It comes out good as new we dry it for five seconds and it can stay in the boot of the car in its little plastic box for months at a time and when i pull it out it's just as good as when it went in and you also keep a coil of rope in your big um what do we call them cargo trousers pocket yeah, yeah. and that always you stays never in want there. to miss an opportunity to try someone <laughs> yeah, so really... i will confess i actually have a coil of nylon rope on my person 24 7 for emergencies <laughs> just in case and it's been useful for non-bondage uh, occasions as well when you just like need to tie something for we'll practical put a hammock reason. up we'll put a hammock we'll up, put a hammock up. Um, but anyway the nylon is very very good for lazy people who want to have <laughs> minimal upkeep and don't want to have to worry about how they store it and so on I can't imagine what you would have to do to a kit of nylon bondage rope to damage it or destroy it. Yeah, I guess um, sharp edges. Always look out for sharp edges. Yeah, okay. Especially if you have carabiners or rings uh, or you suspend to a beam that has a sharp edge that can actually act as a cutter and damage your rope. But that's the tale for another podcast episode. Absolutely. So what did we learn about rope today, Maya? Well, there are many types of rope. So um, many types. That can be used in rope bondage. The most common tend to be, uh, for, for bondage um, full scenes, jute, hemp, uh, nylon, and to some extent cotton. Uh, they all have pros and cons. Um, one of the things we wanted to say is n- none of these ropes make you um, a real, in inverted commas, rigger. Yeah. Um, or inversely, or none of those ropes invalidate you. If Absolutely. you want to have neon pink, nylon rope, and all the people in your local community look at you funny because you're not a Japanese master rigger, you know what, just drive over to the next town where the people are a bit more <laughs> open-minded. Um, yeah, none of, that, I think that's really important because there can be... Um, at least some perceived snobbery in the rope world about what is, in inverted commas, real and not real. Uh, We don't subscribe to that. We um, think you should tie with whatever rope makes you happy. Mm -hmm. Uh, And as a bottom, be tied in the rope that makes you happy. They all have pros and cons. Um, One of the things that we think is most important, if you can, is to touch the rope. So be tied or uh, tie with the rope. I think that's a really big 
uh, factor that will help you choose. Yeah. But if you can't do that, try and touch someone else's role with permission. Yes. Yeah. Um, ask for a recommendation from someone who has used that type of rope. Ask for a sample. Yeah, samples. Look at photos online of what that rope looks like being used in a scenario similar to what you would use it for. Understand what you want from your rope oh. and then um, examine the possible choices against the needs that you have. Mm. Remember that there will always be trade-offs and you yeah. can always have more than one set. And you should have as much as you can afford to <laughs> have people gift your rope at Christmas if that's appropriate. Make your own rope if Make you your fancy own that. Rope. Well, that's a different... That's a different episode altogether. Yeah. Like, if you are passionate about rope, like, go for it, splurge, make yourself happy with all the rope. Yeah, and we haven't covered in this particular episode either the costs of the rope yeah. or how easy the rope is to get where you are. Yeah. Because obviously we live in Thailand. Um, it's easier to get jute from Japan or from some local sources. There are some mm -hmm. people who sell jute locally. But for our hemp and nylon, it was I not actually possible. had to register with the customs departments and as, as an importer in order to get my rope yeah. into the country. Yeah, that was not easy. So that's something else to factor in. We haven't covered that because it's not part of what the fibers are, but just bear that in mind to explore that as well. Mm. So that's all from us at The Rope Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from and also come friend us on our FetLife page, Rope Podcast. Follow us on Instagram, where our name is also Rope Podcast. If you have a question related to rope, we'd love to answer it in one of our future episodes. Drop us a message on FetLife or Instagram. If you like this podcast and would enjoy more episodes, find all the ways to support us on our website, ropepodcast.com. In particular, please consider supporting us directly on our Patreon page. Thanks for listening. And have fun tying.